0: Welcome in to the Blitz and Buckets podcast. As always, I am your host Kane Schwartz, joined by my co-host Mr. Jaden Kozak, rocking the Philly gear. Not sure why Ben Simmons scored four points tonight, but apparently mm-hmm. I'm a box. I'm yeah, a box score watcher. I'm a box score watcher. Yeah, I mean my knowledge about basketball is limited, hence why we're doing off-season division outlooks right now and not
1: during the NBA playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> And you might hear him in the background. Mister Mitchell McDonald is joining us today. How you doing, bro? Glad to be back. Yes, sir. It's good to have you back. You want to throw in something about the weather? Or you want to let me do it? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's been <laughs> pretty rainy today.
0: This is true. This is true, and it's hot as balls. So, in case anybody wants to know, it's the summertime. With that. Now that I've recapped the weather and introduced everybody, let's get into the football talk. And we are doing the AFC West today, which includes the mighty L.A. Chargers. And as we're doing this, Todd, hey. yeah, Mitch is rocking the Justin Herbert jersey, as he should, respectfully. Dude, I need to get a Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey. I think that just needs to happen. Like, oh, yeah. the more the more time it's that goes on. by the more time that goes by, I'm like, I really like this idea of Fitzpatrick playing in Washington this year. Like, I'm not sure I, why you didn't like it at first. I love the signing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I was just like, I did not like it at any point, but like now I'm like, wow, this is like, we're probably going to be a 10 win team at least like with Fitzpatrick under center. But anyway, we'll have our, we'll have a day for the Redskins, but Let's get into the worst team in the AFC West, according to the standings last year, and that is the Denver Broncos, who finished a measly 5-11 and in 2020. So let's hop into the bad. First, they allowed the 12th most yards allowed to offenses in 2020, and they were tied for the fifth least interception, so that defense is pretty trash and they also have a bottom 10 offense in the league according to the 2020 stats and a lot of that is due to the mediocrity of mr drew Locke, drew Locke, who a lot of people universally think is the worst starting quarterback in the league correct me if i'm wrong yep Jaden right. points to himself he's wrong. He, yeah he finished with 2933 yards which was 21st in the nfl 16 touchdowns, which was 20th in the NFL, and 15 interceptions, which was tied for most with Carson Wentz. So I wanted to – we were going over the notes before the podcast, and I am going to mention Lamar Jackson here, but I swear on my mother's life it is not slander. <laughs> like, <laughs> I swear on my mom. I don't know. It's going to sound like – it sounds like he's worse. Than I really don't Drew know how he's going to
1: incorporate. Gonna put it. I really don't know how he's going to incorporate Lamar for the NFC North. I I just can't find a slant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I was going to say is, so Drew Locke, he finished 21st in passing yards, right? So there had to be quarterbacks that finished with less passing yards than him. But here is the list. Coming in at 22nd, you got Lamar Jackson, who, no slander here, is not going to air raid at any point in his career, he's not really a pure passer. See, is that, is that slander? I don't think that's slander. Either. I don't think that's slander. Like, I'm just saying, like, that's not a great feat or anything to finish above Lamar Jackson, who had an offense that was purely based on his running and the running of his teammates. So, enough of the Lamar Jackson talk. Coming in at 23rd, Mr. Joe Burrow, who only played 10 games this season. And then you had, coming in at 24th, you had Cam Newton, who also runs an offense that is mainly based around running, and Carson Wentz, who only played in 12 games, finished 25th. So not an impressive list to finish above. So Drew Locke, mm, not feeling it, not feeling it. But I want to cover some Mm -hmm. stuff about Melvin Gordon, who – Mitchell, you have some experience of Melvin Gordon being your prideful running back, but Melvin Gordon played mm, a full fifteen he's basically games. Basically, Voldemort does. Yeah, <laughs> he played a full fifteen games this year, which he hadn't done in two years. He played twelve games in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, both for the Chargers. But he finished with two hundred fifteen carries, nine hundred eighty six yards, and nine touchdowns. But is it just me? It, it didn't really seem like. He was that great. Like, I mean, he didn't finish a thousand plus. Like, he didn't finish more to dead touchdowns. I mean, and especially with 215 carries, it feels like a guy like Melvin Gordon, who hyped himself up so much, held out. Like, he just didn't do that much, you know? So,
2: you want me but- to end this man's career? He. <laughs> <laughs> He's a stat batter. He just goes for the easy touchdowns. That's what he was doing in L.A. Eckler was, by the time Eckler had actually established himself, he was doing, like, a bulk of the big plays, in my opinion, and Melvin was just cleaning it up, and it worked for fantasy. I like that, but yeah, I think he's overrated and should have
0: taken the $10 million from us. He's an idiot. This is true. This is true, because I don't think – we're going to see a lot of seasons that are better than what we saw last year out of Melvin Gordon. I think he's on the, the downtrend of his career for sure. But nonetheless, a full 15 games from Melvin Gordon. As a Broncos fan, you like to see that. Maybe the injury problems are in the past. But the injury problems were not in the past for a guy named Cortland <laughs> Sutton, who was an amazing receiving talent. For the Broncos. Um, I'm talking like he's dead. <laughs> he was, used to be in the past, one of the best receivers, but really talented receiver. But unfortunately, had a seizing and injury towards ACL in week one, but he says he will be ready for training camp. So things are looking up for the receiving core. And let's get into the good. Speaking of the receiving core, with the absence of Cortland Sutton, you saw some of the younger guys step up. You saw Jerry Judy, who is a rookie out of Alabama, obviously, and he finished with 52 catches on 113 targets. And I thought that was really interesting because he basically, Drew Locke missed him half of the time <laughs> that he threw to him. Like, yeah. that's pretty terrible. That's pretty terrible. But you see
2: what Lamar Jackson did there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he finished <laughs> with 52 catches, 113 targets. 856 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he's getting up to close to a thousand yards as a rookie receiver, guys. I'll start with you, Jaden. What do you think of the rookie season for Jerry Judy?
1: It was pretty good. I think obviously his quarterback play, he would have liked it to be a little bit better and maybe you see a little bit more production from him with Teddy Ridgewater. But I mean, he's obviously got the talent. He was the 10th pick. He's, one, he's already one of the better route runners in the league um so i think the future is right for him it's just a matter of who's throwing the ball yep definitely mitchell what are your thoughts
2: Uh, he was pretty elusive he it was about what i expected for a rookie receiver of his stature going to a poor quarterback situation but he had upside for sure
0: right exactly and getting close to a thousand yards for a rookie receiver i mean you can't ask for of that much more than that so pretty impressive But you also had other guys step up. You had Tim Patrick, who finished with 51 catches, 742 yards, and three touchdowns. And then you had the young tight end phenom, Noah Fant, who ended up with 62 catches, 673 yards, and three touchdowns. Honestly, a lot of people expected a better season out of Noah Fant, but you attribute the quarterback play, and he's still a young guy. He's only 23 years old. So a lot to go. A lot to go. And tight ends seem like they play. That's one of those positions when you play. I just think of Antonio Gates, Tony Gonzalez. Like, you can play that position until you're 40. But let's get into the free agency offseason stuff for the Denver Broncos. And we'll start with the notable ads. And via a trade, they acquired Teddy Bridgewater from the Carolina Panthers in exchange for a sixth-round pick. So, boys, I'll start with you, Jaden. Who do you think starts the year? Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater?
1: I think it'll be Teddy Bridgewater. And then if he's not good enough, then they'll try. And, or if they're losing, you know, a lot of their games, they're going to try and bring in Drew Locke because Teddy Bridgewater's kind of hit his, his peak. He is what he is. Drew Locke, you kind of hope to develop. And I honestly think that they end up drafting a quarterback next year. Probably should have, could have taken one this year. quarterback. I don't, Mr. I mean, yeah, Rodgers. obviously there's the Rodgers conversation, but if that doesn't end up happening, then I think they go quarterback. They could have gone quarterback this year, but we'll get into that in a second. But I think Bridgewater ends up starting the season. I don't know right. if they finish it though.
0: Mitchell, who do you got starting the season? Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? I have it the
2: opposite of Jade, and I actually think they're going to put in Locke until they realize he just
0: sucks. And yeah. they're gonna eventually just turn to Teddy. You don't think you don't think they've already realized that? <laughs> I mean, it was I pretty mean, pitiful this year, dude. I mean, everybody else but them. Right. Yeah. And especially I mean, John they, Elway. They're
2: pretty bad with quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Well, John Elway falls in yeah. love with the classic run-in-the-mill quarterback who has a strong arm, and you see Drew Locke, like Drew Locke can't do anything special, but. As long as JAMA always is there, like, he's going to give him a chance. So, I think you have a point there. He knows
2: the lyrics to put on by Jeezy, though. Yeah, so. I don't – That's true. That's all you I don't even know why they
1: traded for Bridgewater. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, though, I do think that they have one of the best rosters in the league, like, roster-wise. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can't just call this season a complete wash because you didn't go get a quarterback – so no, and I think if you're and you did go right Lock, if, if you're if you're playing Drew Locke, I feel like you're calling it a wash. And like they they have a really good roster. Like it's up there with Cleveland, Tampa Bay. It's just Drew Locke's under center. And that's the reason why they're first the first team that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. They address their biggest need too with the following notable ads in the
2: offseason mm-hmm. that yeah. are gonna come up. Mm-hmm. Because they were just burnt toast all year in the secondary, minus Simmons.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. No, like I said earlier, I mean, the interceptions and the defense was pitiful. So, well, now that you mentioned it, let's get into it. They did add <laughs> some notable guys to the secondary. And let's start with Ronald Darby, cornerback out of the Washington football team. Three years, $30 million. and as a Washington football team fan, I will be the first to say that Ronald Darby is not anything special. He is just a pretty average corner. He does nothing like – he plays pretty solid defense, but he's not – he's just pretty average. You know, he's nothing special. Jaden, what are your thoughts?
1: He's, he's just an average guy, but, I mean, with the corner group that they ran out there, you'd be – you're thankful for – average guy especially you know they draft one then they pick up Kyle Fuller so Ronald Darby's going to be the third corner and you're more than happy with having him to be your third guy
0: yeah for sure and you mentioned it already Kyle Fuller cornerback out of Chicago one year 9.5 million dollars I mean Kyle Fuller has always been one of the better corners in the league honestly like I mean those Fuller brothers are pretty solid pretty solid and they went, they made the right steps to improve the secondary. Like, I mean, it's looking pretty good, at least in free agency. And like we were saying in the draft,
2: I wanted Kyle Fuller. <laughs> I would have <laughs> gladly
0: given him a half million dollars more. Right.
2: Especially considering apparently Ronald Darby is worth 10 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That's what I saw. I was like, that's the first thing that I saw when I was putting the numbers down. I was like, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense.
2: I would have, an all pro corner would have been. Amazing for us considering what our secondary is going through. But burnt toast. Take what you can get.
0: <laughs> burnt toast. <laughs> but they do also re sign Kareem Jackson, strong safety, one year, $5 million. And that's about it for the offseason ads. But on the noble losses side, they lost Jawan James, right tackle. He ends up going to Baltimore on a two year, $9 million deal. And they lost A.J. Boye, two years, $7 Oh, I don't know, A.J. Boye, he's always been a big name, man. Yeah, As it was like, a, oh, okay,
1: that's a solid signing.
0: <laughs> also, on the notable losses side, they end up losing Philip Lindsey, who ended up going to Houston. We talked about it yesterday on a one-year, $3.25 million deal. And honestly, I don't think that'll make much of a difference because of what they did in the draft, you know? I think – who they ended up getting in the draft is probably better physically and just a better running back in general than Philip Lindsay, but and younger. Yeah, exactly. No, I talked to Phillip Lindsay a lot yesterday. I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. I think he hasn't gotten an opportunity to be the number one guy. And like I said yesterday with David Johnson there, I mean, I think he'll get a shot, but let's get into and the draft Jameson. stuff. Yeah. And Burkhead. <laughs> dude i do you think philip Lindsay is worth than worse than burkhead and mark ingram
2: well he's a receiving back he's gonna get his own looks he's not gonna be running
0: i don't know man he ended up with like 600 yards this year dude and he's he's gotten near a thousand yards before i'm pretty sure like i don't have the exact stats but you guys are sleeping on philip Lindsay, man I mean a three point two five million dollar deal for a running back is not like Jerek McKinnon signed I look uh, he comes up later in the podcast, he signed a nine hundred thousand dollar deal. So like three point two five million dollars for a running back, is pretty serious. So anyway, I don't I don't have any stake in Philip Lindsay, but I just think
1: <laughs> sure seems like it.
0: <laughs> I think he's a lot better running back. I think he's the same, top five man. guy in the league. You guys are sleeping. You guys are sleeping. Mm. But like I said, it doesn't matter because of what they did in the draft. So let's get into it with the number nine pick in the draft. The Broncos end up getting Patrick Sertain defense back out of Alabama. And there was a lot of debate over this pick. And Mitchell, I'll start with you. Would you have rather seen Mr. Justin Fields here?
2: Uh, it's kind of on the fence. They're still definitely in the conversation for Rodgers. Later on in the offseason, whenever the Packers give up on holding on to him. So, I feel like he's just not proven enough. You, It's a crowded quarterback room already. You just traded for one. And they addressed a major need with Sertain. So, I can't really complain about the pick. Yeah. No, I agree. Jaden, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I – probably would have rather seen fields here because obviously the whole Packers thing, this was the day because the whole Packers where he requested trade and whatnot that right. came out the day of the draft. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that prob- may have swayed their decision, but I mean, Sertain was probably the best football player left on the board at that time. And he feels a huge need. He's, you know, really, really good corner prospect, but I think they could end up regretting not taking Justin fields here just because he's going to mean a lot more to your team. And Patrick Surtain is great, but he doesn't elevate your roster when you have Drew Locke still at quarterback. If you get Justin Fields and he works out, you can, you can figure a corner out. Right. Yeah. You just signed I mean, an all pro corner.
0: Yeah, this is true. But you can't really go wrong with, like he's going to be an elite corner in this league. And, Having a guy like that on the defense, I mean, it's always a plus, always a plus. But with the number 35 pick in the draft, the Broncos went with a pretty popular pick. They ended up going with Javante Williams, running back out of North Carolina. And he was Mel Kuyper's third best running back, but that was pretty obvious. You had your big name guys. You had Harris, Najee, and then you had Travis Etienne. And then the guy coming out that that's the top tier running backs there. And then you get into the second tier. Honestly, I think Williams was probably in a tier by himself, but Mel Kike third best running back off the board. And in his 2020 season, his junior season, 1,140 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns, dude, that is beast in it. I mean, ACC is not that competitive as far as football goes. But 19 touchdowns for a running back, dude, that's pretty solid. So, Jaden, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I like the pick. I think you are going to need a draft in Melvin Gordon replacement at some point because he's not going to be your guy moving forward. So I don't mind the pick, I think. I mean, with no quarterbacks on the board and virtually no other needs on this team, I mean, why not make more or less a luxury pick in the second round? I don't know if it's a luxury pick, dude. Like
0: I said, I mean, I'm not a like, huge advocate for Phil Lindsay, but they did involve him a lot. And that was the knock on him in fantasy all year. Like Phil Lindsay vultures a lot of Melvin Gordon's work. So they run a lot of two running back sets there. So I think Javante, he's going to hit the ground running, dude. Like he's not a backup running back. He's not a replacement for Melvin. Like he will be involved day one. That's my opinion. Mitchell, what are your thoughts? Take. He's going to be the starter by the end of the year. I agree. I agree. I don't even think that's out of it. I totally agree, man. He's good. Yeah. The like Second you just,
2: round running backs are sleepers. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> For sure. For sure. Look at JK. JK's going crazy, dude. But yeah, I totally agree. I think Javante has a lot of talent. Like, you just throw on the tape, like, the dude's electric. Like, I wouldn't even call ETN electric. Like, I he just, Javante was exciting to watch. Like, you just watch all the tape and it's like, he's fun. But I think he'll get involved at one. And I think, I agree with Mitchell. I think he'll be the starter by the end of the year. I think Melvin Gordon is on the wayside for sure. Jaden, why you got that face, man?
1: Give me your, Sorry, give me your checks. We're moving. We're moving on the ceiling. No, nah, no. Nah, I want to hear. It. Where's the smoke? I want all of this. You were naming college running backs. I thought you were going to say something disrespectful. So I was waiting for it, but you didn't. So we're going to let it go. Oh,
0: you thought I was going to say <laughs> the Nazi wasn't exciting. Yeah. Nah, dude. Alabama running backs are always exciting.
1: I was ready to go. Yeah.
0: Trent Richardson, Eddie Eddie Lacy, they're exciting. Dude, they were exciting in college, bro. Come on. The Alabama running backs (laughs) for Dreds go hard always, without doubt. And I just – in college they go hard, man. Good Lord. And Trent, Trent Richardson in Cleveland the first year, let's not sleep on that. Let's not forget that. He was one of the best running backs in the league. He was a rookie of the year. Exactly. Thank you. Philip Lindsay smoked, though. (laughs) Dude, you guys are fucking sleeping. He had 600 yards last year, dude. He doesn't – no running back can just roll out of bed and run (laughs) for 600 yards. I don't get the slam. Okay. Okay, okay. okay. No running back in this league can (laughs) hop out of bed –
1: or no running back. That – the verbiage was wrong. Well, a single running back in the league can run for 600 yards over 60. You can't just roll out of bed and run for 600 yards, dude. Derrick Henry could roll out
0: of bed no. for 600 yards. No, no exactly. Tal- but like, there's he's okay. not some rent on one of the middle average would, running back, dude. Why, why did
1: they want to replace him? Why do they want to replace him? Because he's $3.25 sure. million dollars and you could just draft Javante Williams. Pussy. It's like a two to three. There are three
2: running backs in Houston that could run for six hundred yards right now.
1: (laughs) Rex Burkhead has just as good of a chance as Philip Lindsay of running for six hundred yards next year. You think? You think? All right. We are putting this in the
0: fucking record book right now. Okay, here's the bet. Plus this is going live right now. This success. is going live right now. I will say that Philip Lindsay will finish 200 yards. <laughs> this is going any, live right now.
1: This is going other, other, no, live right to now. No,
0: listen to me. Philip Lindsay will finish as well. I won't even say that he'll finish, but he will definitely finish with more be than 600 yards. He will lead the Houston Texans in rushing, and he'll beat it. Rex Burkhead's ass what? by, like, a million, dude. Rex Burkhead's not going to get out so of the fucking play. practice squad, you fucking bitch. So could fucking be. Good play. Lord. <laughs> God. You're acting like Philip Lindsay is some fucking street bum, dude. Good Lord.
1: He got paid $3 million to go to the worst Marking team in Marking
2: finishes at least 150 yards ahead.
0: All right, I'm bringing up the stats for Philip Lindsay right now. I'm so tired of this shit. Did Danny Woodhead really right. ever finish with 600 Shut yards? the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Look at – okay. Hold on. You're talking sweet about Danny Woodhead had 600 <laughs> yards. In 2013, <laughs> Danny, talking Woodhead. Sweet about it. Danny, Danny Woodhead was twice. fucking
1: awesome.
0: <laughs> Danny you don't remember Danny Woodhead? Yeah. That fucker was good. <laughs> He finished with 1,000 yards for the past that. two seasons. Past two seasons, Phillip Lindsay <laughs> finished with 1,000 yards. No, this is going on the pod. A two, all right, Philip Lindsay he, in 2018. I thought he rolled out of
2: bed and got 600 yards last season. <laughs> in 2018,
0: 1,037 yards and nine touchdowns. You're calling, you're calling that trash. And, okay, 2019, 1,011 yards and seven touchdowns. Good Lord. You well, guys had are no thinking. receivers. What else is he supposed to do? You're thinking. You, oh, my God. He had running backs there for forever. He wasn't even the lead back. He wasn't even the lead back then, dude. Goodness gracious. Two 1,000-yard seasons, and he's a street bum. Okay. Okay. Can, can you quote who was ahead, of, ahead of, of him in the
1: depth? <laughs> I'll
0: look at it right now. I'll go look at it. I don't give a shit. Broncos depth start 2018. 2018. Pretty sure Devonte Booker was there faltering a lot of the carries. Right?
2: Devonte Booker. Tell us, you're how telling Devontae me Booker could roll
1: out of bed and run for 400 yards in a season? Please. <laughs> So
0: no, I just want to hear it like out of your fucking mouth that running for consecutive a thousand yard seasons is not a good running back.
1: It's good, but it's no not apparently good it's not now.
0: apparently it's not. Because apparently James he's you fucking suck. good James as Hunter. Rex Burkhead. Rex James. fucking Burkhead, who has never ran close to a fucking thousand
1: yards, you dumb idiot. James Connor ran for a thousand yards in back to back seasons, I'm pretty sure. James Conner was pretty fucking solid, dude, for a couple yeah, but of years. now he's not. He survived cancer!
0: <laughs> Bill Lindsay didn't survive cancer. What's his excuse? But he, <laughs> but he ranked for consecutive 1,000 yards. <laughs> so did James
1: Conner. With cancer. More or less.
0: I, I just, like, I don't get it. Like you guys totally forgot about the like how it was. It's not like he was one of the best running backs in the league, but a guy who runs for a thousand yards—that's the staple for a running back. You run for a thousand yards, you're a good running back, and you're a starting running back.
1: He hasn't. He wasn't a starting running back just last year. Because Melvin fucking Gordon was there. Exactly, they felt the need to sign Melvin Gordon because <laughs> they didn't think Philip Lindsay was good enough. I'm done with this shit. I'm thinking about ending this shit right here, man. <laughs> Good <laughs> lord! Is Philip Lindsay a better running back than Lamar Jackson?
2: No.
0: No. There it is. See, I'm not crazy. I'm just saying. He is a. Right, we got add that he's to the a, podcast. He's a
1: serviceable running back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not crazy.
1: He's a serviceable running back.
0: Exactly. Not He's no Rex Burkhead out here, man.
2: He's a okay. serviceable running back.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you. I wanted to hear that. He's not some street bum. Okay. He, he just Let's him. get into the ceiling and floor of the Denver Broncos for this upcoming season. And, Jaden, I'll start with you, man. What do you think the ceiling
1: for the Denver Broncos is, and what do you think the floor is? I mean, the floor or the ceiling has got to be zero wins. They just lost Philip Lindsay. Like, you lose the heart and soul of your team. Gosh. Ceiling floor. Mitchell, what do you got? Because
0: Jaden just seems like he just doesn't want to give his input today. So, <laughs> we're just going to rock with Mitchell McDonald's ceiling and floor for the Denver Broncos. Let's hear it.
2: All righty. Ceiling if they get Aaron Rodgers, thirteen wins. No, but as the roster with, is
0: currently set. Ah.
2: If, right. so if, if they Ted, get Aaron Rodgers,
0: dude, the, the ceiling's seventeen wins. It's like
2: ceiling, it's like ceiling with Teddy and Drew. I'm gonna say nine and eight. Floor, probably four and four or uh, four and
0: thirteen. Now that it's seventeen games. Gotcha. Gotcha. I would say that the ceiling is 10 wins and I would say that the floor I would rock with four wins as well. Jaden what you got?
1: I probably agree about nine wins as a ceiling and that's that's if Teddy Bridgewater game manages his way through that. Uh, With Drew Locke starting I think that floor gets lowered to like or the ceiling gets lowered to like seven the floor with drew lock is like four and the floor with teddy bridgewater is probably like six because that roster is too good right exactly that's what i was going to say like
0: teddy has a lot better weapons this like in denver than he did in carolina so i think teddy bridgewater he wasn't terrible last year
2: did he he had mccaffrey anderson and samuel
0: Are we calling? Okay, let's do some comparisons. So Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, or Cortland Sutton, Anderson, Sutton, Robbie Anderson.
2: Oh, and DJ Moore too. Forgot DJ Moore.
0: Yeah, yeah, DJ Moore. But Cortland, like the Denver, there's a reason why Aaron Rodgers people are saying that Aaron Rodgers want to go to Denver. It's because of the weapons. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go to Carolina. I mean a lot of that's because of Sam Darnold. Well they don't have an offensive line either. Yeah, they
1: don't have a line and they don't have a defense.
0: Yeah. But are we saying that the weapons in Denver are better than the weapons in Carolina?
1: I'm not that's a toughie because McCaffrey is there and he is, you know, obviously the best weapon. Right. By far between the two teams. Both running and passing.
0: I think Cortland Sutton I mean, you take out the injury season last year. Like he was, he was a I, pro
1: bowler. I think the wide receiver group last he year was a pro bowler, including Curtis Samuel. Robbie Anderson
0: has never made a pro bowl. Neither has yeah, Curtis Samuel hasn't even gotten close. Wait, to so what? What
1: was your? When did Cortland Sutton make a pro bowl? Cortland Sutton? It. Did
0: Cortland
1: he really? I don't know if he Sutton. made
2: it.
0: He broke a thousand yards. He made a pro bowl. I'm looking it up right now. Which year?
2: He's only been in one season. Other than that.
0: Corlin Sutton replaces DeAndre Hopkins in 2020 in the Pro Bowl. And he played. Oh. So, joke's on you guys. I'm still taking Robbie Anderson. but You're still taking Robbie Anderson. Interesting. Interesting. The guy who had a Pro Bowl season and then tore his ACL, you're, you're going to take Robbie Anderson. The guy who didn't know is good. The guy who didn't know his, who his mascot was. Rob, Robbie Anderson has been a pretty – I don't think he's the number one receiver
1: on a good team. I don't it's think Cortland Sutton is either.
0: You don't think a Pro Bowl receiver is a number you 1 do You do know the Pro Bowl thing? is
1: fan voted,
0: right? Okay, so you're saying that everybody that makes Pro Bowl now is just like like to, I mean, Okay, by that logic, by is. that logic,
1: Tim Tebow is going to make a Pro Bowl this year. There's a solid for chance, anybody, There's a for solid any- chance that Tim Tebow makes if he makes the roster, I'd give it a pretty solid chance that he makes the Pro Bowl. I'm pretty Jay Cutler sure the almost pro Bowl made a Pro Bowl. Pro- sure Jay they Cutler almost boating. made a Pro Bowl that in the Miami years. It was like if it were fan if, voting, if a quarterback- Mitchell Trubisky would have made a Pro Bowl. No, Bears fans hate Mitchell. He did. <laughs> oh yeah, he did make a Pro Bowl. No, I mean this <laughs>
0: last year. This last year, he wouldn't have made it because Mitchell Trubisky was the biggest meme, and people like. I mean, and the NVP. He won the yeah the MVP, so he would have made a Pro Bowl, but he didn't. It's not purely fan voting. I mean, I'm speaking off the top of my head here, but I'm pretty sure the Pro Bowl would be pretty messed up if it were purely fan voting all of these years.
2: But still, I'd take The Pro Bowl would be a joke. The The Pro Bowl is not a joke.
0: Like, that's a measure of success.
1: I mean, yeah, it's a measure of success, but... Okay, as a weaponry as a whole, I would rather have the Panthers wide receiver core over the Broncos wide receiver core. I'd also have the Panthers running back over the two-headed Melvin Gordon Philip Lindsay running back. Well, Philip Lindsay is tandem.
0: It's Javante. But this I agree. Last I season. agree McCaffrey is farly yeah. superior than any other weapon, but I'm just saying like you guys are sleeping on the Denver Broncos, man. Like in 2020 especially like Philip Lindsay ran that
1: they had one of the best rosters in the league. I just I like Robbie Anderson.
0: That's fair. I, I mean, I like him too. I just don't like him more of a sudden. Anyway, and now now we got into the debate over Philip Lindsay. I just want to make everything a brawl until one of us passes out. <laughs> so, with that, let's move on to Mitchell's L.A. Chargers, who finished seven and nine this past year. Seems like they should like. Hey, when I looked at the record, like, Mm -hmm. the record doesn't really speak for that. Like, I don't know. I feel like they were a lot better team than the record says. And I feel like a lot of people would agree with that. (laughs) Yeah, we (laughs) were. Yeah. Let's get into the good, the 2020 highlights. They were top 10 offense and defense in 2020. And a lot of that is due to Mr. I mean, a lot of the offensive side is due to Mr. Justin Herbert. All hail Herbert is the topic that I have as the title right here. He finished with 4,336 yards, which was sixth in the league. He finished with 31 touchdowns, which was 10th, and only 10 interceptions. He won rookie of the year. And I went into some of the record books and looked. Second most passing yards ever by rookie in NFL history. First was Andrew Luck. And the most passing touchdowns by a rookie in NFL history. Isn't that crazy? Like, when I looked at that, I was like, that's insane. And second came in Baker. Baker Mayfield at second, which was kind of threw me off. But 27 touchdowns for Baker. But, I mean, those are are some pretty solid records to be close and to have right there. So, obviously – pretty elite quarterback this year but Mitchell I'm curious what kind of career do you see Justin Herbert having not one not two (laughs)
2: three not four not five I see him getting he might squeak out one or two Super Bowls for us just because we have bad luck there's no way we're gonna yeah I was about to say you'd be lucky
1: to make a Super Bowl appearance regardless of how good the team is
2: (laughs) hey now yeah we'll get top five probably at some point
0: Yeah, like I think that – I wrote that down here, like top five quarterback, I think he'll be – do you think he's like a Russell Wilson type success kind of guy? Like, what do you –
1: more. More,
0: you think? Jaden, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, Russell Wilson type success, I mean, top three quarterback with a ring, top three quarterback for the last, what, six-ish years.
0: Exactly. Like, I'm not talking Super Bowls, I'm just talking like – complete dominance of the league as far as a passer. Like,
1: I'm not just talking Super Bowls. I'm talking about complete dominance over every single opponent he's ever faced. That's not what I
0: said. Podcast fans, is that what I said? I don't think so.
1: <laughs> that is not what come out of my mouth.
2: <laughs> well, apparently Jaden said that Philip Lindsay is a
0: yeah, not was... so. <laughs> we Since we're just making
1: words up now, now.
0: We cannot speak his name anymore, dude. I will leave this podcast
1: permanently. It's a good thing he signed with an AFC South team. But I will still find a way to bring him up. What were we even talking about? Herbert? Christ yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Herbert should be good. <laughs> Herbert will be good. I, I think he'll I mean, always be... Hot take. Justin Herbert will be good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually do think that. Um, I do think that his career is going to be tracked alongside Joe Burrow's career. They'll just always be linked to each other the same way that Philip, Eli, and Big Ben were because they came out of that same class. I agree. Um, and obviously he's – He's going to crush Burrow. He's doing pretty well over Burrow right now. <laughs> I do like Burrow. No major injuries. More. Mm-hmm. I agree. Than Herbert. I agree with you.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that might be I a know. hot take for Chargers fans. I yeah. know.
1: I'm sorry. But mm-hmm. – I think if you drop Burrow in the same situation as Herbert right. last year and give him 16 mm-hmm. games, I think he has a better season. Mm-hmm.
0: But we'll see. He would have torn his ACL week one. <laughs> <laughs> I Like, obviously what Justin Herbert did, like, against all – nobody thought that Justin Herbert – I mean, he was out of the more polished quarterback prospects. Like, there were serious concerns about Herbert coming out of work. And he defied all odds. But I – agree with Jaden I think that if Joe Burrow were given that kind of offense he would have put up really similar numbers to that like I agree and they will be forever
1: linked in history together so it's always going to be a competition of who can do better Right, two of them who wins the first Super Bowl who wins the first MVP because I do think I that those two now that's an interesting season. conversation. I, I, I do think that those two have a I I mean it could be those two it could be you know Trevor Lawrence could also be thrown in there because we have gotten some very generational quarterback prospects over the last few years but you could be looking at a Brady and Manning especially since they're all going to be in the same conference of you know you're going to see a lot of playoff matchups between those three.
2: Right.
0: I think that is an interesting conversation then we'll move on. But I I mean we're not going to have the conversation but like who gets that first Super Bowl because the Chargers are set up for a Super Bowl pretty darn soon, like with the roster that they have. But Cincinnati's pretty far out. So who gets that first Super Bowl? I think I'm taking her. Let's move on. Austin Eckler came back from injury this past year and he was limited to 10 games. But in those 10 games. He had 116 carries, which was the most on the team, which was kind of surprising to me because considering he only played 10 games in the year, he rushed for 530 yards as well and a touchdown, but that's not where you're getting the real value in Austin Eckler. He is a receiving machine. He caught 54 catches this year, 403 yards, and two touchdowns. And along with that major receiving weapon, you had great play out of the receiving court. You got Keenan Allen keeping it up, dude. Like Keenan Allen has just seemed to be consistent, like consistently good every single year. A hundred catches this year, 992 yards and eight touchdowns. And Mike Williams, also a lot of promise. Personally, I've always been a huge Mike Williams guy. He's a physical freak. And he's just couldn't really seem to get it clicking early on, but Talent always will surpass. Like, it will always come through. And this year it did, it seems like. 48 catches, 756 yards, and five touchdowns. Mitchell, what do you think of that receiving core there?
2: I think we're good as long as Mike Williams can get over his back and hamstring nagging injuries. He's big time. He showed up in the Saints game when Keenan went down. He's got all the talent in the world. He just needs the health. Right. Yeah for sure. Jaden, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I I pretty much agree with Mitchell. I do think that, you know, because of Mike Williams, you know, not really being able to stay healthy, I think a third receiver would be nice, but you know, you had a lot of other needs mm-hmm. to address. So,
0: yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Like I think Mike Williams on a really good team is a third option. Like yeah considering his injury problems. and But like I said, he's a physical freak and talent will always surpass. But on the defensive side, you have Joey Bosa still doing his thing. In 12 games, he finished with seven and a half sacks and 14 and a half tackles for loss, which led the team by a significant margin by 10, which I thought was pretty interesting. But let's get into the bad for the Chargers. And I could really only find one really really significantly bad thing which was the offensive line it was pff's worst offensive line to finish the season and a lot of that was due to trey turner only playing nine games and brian Balaga only playing 10 games but mitchell watching those games man what were your thoughts pain just pain (laughs) i knew it was gonna happen
2: right just watching the saints game we were up at half i was like we're still gonna lose yeah <laughs> even with my well going crazy
0: it happened <laughs> the fact that justin herbert still managed to have the season that he had behind an offensive line that, that was that bad like that shows you how impressive he is
2: like i'm telling you burrow would have torn his acl in the first two weeks <laughs>
0: <laughs> but let's get into the free agency and offseason stuff for the chargers and we'll start with the notable ads and to help bring some aid in this extremely struggling offensive line. They bring in Corey Lindsley, who is arguably the best center in football. And they kind of stole him from Green Bay, I felt like. Like, I felt like Green Bay would have held on to him, especially with the Aaron Rodgers, like, debate. Like, it was clear that Aaron Rodgers was unhappy. And they just let Corey Lindsley go, debatably best center in football. Five years, 62 and a half million dollars. And they also bring in Matt Filer on the offensive line, former Pittsburgh Steeler, on a three-year, $21 million deal. Jaden, what are your thoughts on Filer?
1: Uh, He's very meh, but he can play multiple positions, and I think that was the appeal to the Chargers because they have a lot of injury issues. So if, you know, Bulaga, he – I think his natural, quote, natural position was left guard. That's where we used him most, and then obviously we had the injuries to Zach Banner and then the emergence of Kevin Dotson, so we ended up sliding him out the right tackle. And I think they'll use him as an interior guard, and then, you know, if Bulaga gets hurt, which seems like something that he does pretty often, they'll slide him out the right tackle when needed. But I think it was – I like that signing a lot because he can do a lot of different things but doesn't really do anything overly well.
0: Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Mitch, do you think this is enough of an improvement on the offensive line? Well,
2: I'll take anything at this
0: point. So, <laughs> <laughs> anything is better. And I, Bulaga, really solid. Like, Bulaga's always been a pretty staple veteran offensive lineman. So, I think with a fully healthy season, you'll get some solid production there. So, also on the notable ad side, you added Jared Cook. Tight end out in New Orleans on a one-year $4.5 million deal. And Jared Cook proved last year he could still do it. He can still do it. And he's always been a pretty consistent guy. So I like that signing a lot for you guys. But on the notable losses side, you guys end up letting go of Hunter Henry. Ends up going to New England on a three-year $37.5 million deal. Mitch, do you think this is going to hurt you guys a whole lot? I think after we got
2: cook it's fine because cook yeah. didn't have the injury history that henry has and henry's always been forced into like a primary receiver role with us so i think his stats got a little inflated and he may have gotten overpaid but i'm not gonna fully say that because his stats reflected what he earned so i'm not too concerned
0: yeah and hunter Henry's still a young guy too so give big money to a young tight end like you're giving big money, I mean big money, and dollars half 1000000 But you're giving decent money to a pretty veteran tight end, so you're going to give really big money to a guy like Hunter Henry. But I think you guys will be fine with Cook, I agree. I think you just plugged it right in there. So they also lost Rayshon Jenkins, safety, ends up going to Jacksonville on a four-year, $35 million deal. Denzel Perryman, linebacker, ends up going to Carolina on a two-year deal, and you guys end up losing the veteran Casey Hayward. He ends up going to Las Vegas on a one-year deal. So, let's get into the draft stuff, though. They end up going with Rashawn Slater at the 13th pick, and he was behind Sewell, but still a really solid lineman. What are your thoughts, Mitchell, on the acquisition of Rashawn Slater in the draft?
2: Well, it was an obvious need, and he fell to us, so we would have been dumb not to have taken him. I was – so happy when the Cowboys passed on him. I, it's just exactly what we needed. We address everything. Well, our big concern. So.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. No, you guys are taking all the right steps to fill those holes on the offensive line. And with the number 47 pick in the draft, you guys go with a big name, Sante Samuel D back out of Florida state. And I think it's Mel Kuyper's seventh best corner, quote unquote, but I think that guy's a lot of, a lot of talent. Jaden, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I like the Asante Samuel pick. I remember texting Mitchell after you guys got Asante Samuel at forty-seven, and I was like, "Well, you guys have won the draft." Off those, fir- if you're talking first two picks, I think they did have the best two first picks of the draft. First two picks of the draft, but I think the rest of the draft was pretty iffy. You, go- I think there were a lot of guys that you guys ended up taking that were a lot of a little bit lower on a lot of people's boards than some people had them we drafted. But- what we needed. Yeah, yeah, you guys hit needs. It's just, you know, from what I saw, they were a little bit lower on some people's boards than they were taken. But
2: do not be surprised to see Roundtree st- vulture rushing touchdowns from Austin Eckler this season because <laughs> Eckler's not meant for goal line stuff. No,
0: yeah, anybody, uh, anybody could vulture rushing touchdowns at the goal line from Austin Eckler, dude. Philip Lindsay could. I mean, like, come
1: on. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> Good Lord. The
0: more we bring him up, dude, the, like, the angrier he gets. Yeah, my ears are getting red. Ah,
1: that's
0: so funny. I can just see the smoke. <laughs> Let's get into the ceiling and floor for Mitchell's Los Angeles Chargers. Let's start with you, Mitch. What you got? Ceiling and floor as a homer, Mr. FanFan. Fan. Staying
2: healthy. At most fourteen wins, but if, if we get the injury bug like usual, six is the floor. I, I'm I've just become realistic with it. Our
1: medical staff is horrible, <laughs>
0: <laughs> evident by the puncture and the log of Tyra Taylor.
1: I think the only way you guys get to six wins or end up finishing with six wins is if Herbert is the one that catches the injury bug. I think if yeah, you guys have Herbert,
0: that's pretty low. Six wins. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really – We've had a time for he gets hurt.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I agree. Like, six wins is pretty low in my opinion. But I think the ceiling for you guys is – I think you guys got the talent and you did a lot to improve the line. So, I think the ceiling – ceiling.
1: 13, 14? Yeah. I see. And 13.
0: Yeah. And I would say the floor is eight.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you.
0: Sweet, sweet. All right. Well, let's move on to the next team in the division, which is hard to believe that they finished above the Chargers. But the Raiders finished eight and eight in 2020. And let's hop into the 2020 highlights. First, we'll go with the good. They had the eighth best offense in 2020. And Derek Carr had a really solid season. Won 4,000 yards, close to 30 touchdowns, and no double digit interceptions there. So I think Derek Carr was almost left for dead for a little bit. And he had a really solid year this year.
2: You want to see what's left for dead? Wait till he sees himself with no offensive line this season. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that
1: was playing with Trent Brown as one of the better tackles. Rodney Hansen, who's arguably the best center in the league. And now he you take say. that away in a division with Joey Bosa and maybe Von Miller and Chris Jones and Bradley Chubb.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think
1: you see a little bit of a regression to the mean with Derek Carr this year.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair point for sure. For sure.
1: But one
0: guy who I think despite the offensive line will still have a really solid year just because of the talent, Josh Jacobs finished with, almost 300 carries this year more than thousand yards and double-digit touchdowns like josh jacobs is one of the uh, i'm not going to say one of the premier running back talents in the league but as far as the younger guys go for sure for sure one of the best
2: overrated running back in the league
0: wow that's a hot take i don't know about that dude what are you i want to hear an expansion on that
2: the man was going for thirty carries and getting about ninety yards. All he's doing was scoring touchdowns, and anybody could do that behind that line. Even Philip Lindsay, come on, Philip Lindsay would have ran for twelve hundred.
1: Get six hundred just rolling out of bed. So, <laughs> so I'm just gonna smile.
0: <laughs> just gonna smile. But dude, I don't know. I think, like I said before, talent is gonna surpass all. Like I think. But Your I do name, agree Kendrick. now that uh, now that Kenyan you mentioned Drake's it, there now. Now, my guy, my guy, Kenyon Drake is there now, but there's no way that Kenyon Drake vultures any like serious groundwork from Josh Jacobs. Like I think Kenyon Drake will be, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But obviously there was elite tight end play in Oakland this year. Yeah. Darren Waller going crazy this year. He had 107 catches which is more than Travis Kelsey most in the NFL and Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey were in a league of their own. The next closest tight end in terms of catches was Logan Thomas who finished with 72, which is 30 catches less than Travis Kelsey finished with almost more than 30 catches. And he also finished with more than a thousand yards finished second to Kelsey and the next closest tight end in yards there T.J. Hawkinson with 723, that's more than a 400-yard difference. Like, I mean, it was Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey in a league of their own. He also had nine touchdowns, which was third behind Kelsey and Robert Tanya. But, as always, you're going to have those tight ends that just get the goal line. Or not the goal line work, but the red zone targets. So, also, you saw flashes from Henry Ruggs this year. Now, on paper – he finished with 26 catches, 452 yards, and two touchdowns. But what you're looking for in a guy like Henry Ruggs is the big play. And he showed a lot. Flashes. He almost, right. Yeah. Flashes. Like he almost finished with 20 yards per catch, which is exactly what you're looking for at a guy, out of a guy like Henry Ruggs. Like, I mean, he's a rookie and almost averaged 20 yards per catch. Like, that's exactly what you were looking for in his rookie year, in my opinion. So. Let's get into the bad for the Raiders. They finished with the eighth worst defense in 2020. They were miserable with sacks, and they were miserable in interceptions as well. And they also struggled on the offensive line, which is hard to believe. But they finished with the eighth worst offensive line to end the year. And a lot of that was due to the injury bug given to Richie Ignatius incognito only playing two games and trent brown only playing five games but doesn't matter because trent brown is out there so let's get into the free agency offseason stuff on the notable ad side you got yannick and defensive end at of baltimore on a two-year 26 million dollar deal i don't know about you guys but i've always felt like even though he is a terp he's just really average he just does a good job at defensive end. What are your thoughts, Jaden?
1: Average to, you know, slightly above average, but he's not going to be anything special, but they are in dire need of pass rush in Vegas. So he was one of the best ones on the market. So we signed him.
0: Right. I can't believe they're in Vegas. Like I I wouldn't have been surprised if I already said they were in Oakland so far in this podcast. Like I – It's the same thing with the Chargers. I call it – I say that they're in San Diego all the time. Like, it's weird. But they also added – we already mentioned it. Kenyon Drake running back out of Arizona on a two-year, $11 million deal. And we talked about it a little earlier. I don't think Kenyon's going to vulture a lot of the groundwork from Josh Jacobs.
2: Well, Jacobs just – he's either hyper-efficient – or completely dud. So I feel like they need to change a pace back, which is exactly what Drake will do. And he's going to vulture enough carries to put up decent stats, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got a point. Like, he almost finished with a 1,000 yards rushing this year. But Kenyon Drake in Miami was primarily a receiving back. Like, that was what was attractive about him. And I think with a guy like Josh Jacobs in Vegas – I don't see him vulturing a lot of the groundwork. I think it's a lot of receiving work, but we'll see. We'll see. And on the smaller addition side, you have John Brown on a one year deal. They added him. Solomon Thomas, the former top, not top pick, but top 10 pick, defensive NS San Francisco signing a one year deal. Quentin Jefferson, defensive tackle out of Buffalo signing a one year deal. Casey Hayward, as we mentioned earlier also heading to Vegas on a one-year deal. Willie Sneed, the third option on a terrible passing offense, or I guess he was the second option, but terrible passing offense, Baltimore on a one-year deal. And Carl Joseph headed from Cleveland to Vegas on a one-year deal. But I think what's more significant about the offseason that Vegas had was the notable losses. And we start with Trent Brown who ended up getting traded to New England.
1: So I'll start with you, Jaden. I do think that that's gonna hurt a little bit. I know that he had some injury problems, but that was one of their strengths of their team, even though, you know, statistically, it may not have been like paper on paper wise, that was the strength of their team. And that strength is now gone as they pretty much blew up the entire offensive line. So, yeah, I think he was – you know, he's one of the best players on their team, and now he's gone, so that obviously it's going to hurt your outlook for next season.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mitchell, what you got? What you got? You like that? They're going to suck.
2: Joey Bosa is going to eat them
0: alive.
2: Chris Rumpf going to come off rookie year, eat them up, you know. Eat them
0: up. Don't bang. Eat them up. (laughs) Also on the notable
1: losses side for Vegas. Chris Rumpf. Fourth round pick. Are you kidding me? Okay.
2: Speed demon, man. Speed demon. Right.
0: (laughs) I don't even know who that is, dude. But Get educated. (laughs) Get better. Get better at doing my job. But they also end up losing Rodney Hudson, center, one of the best centers in football. He ends up going to Arizona. He was traded along with a seventh round pick in 2021 for a 2021 third round pick. So that's yet another hole on that line. And they also end up losing Nelson Aguilar, who we have talked about before on this podcast. I can't I wouldn't even say that Nelson Aguilar is average. I think he's below average receiver in this league. But despite that, two years, 22 million dollars. Mitchell, I saw some, saw some head, head tilts there. What, what, are your th- what are you thinking on Nelson Aguilar?
2: It It's more of an agreeance. He's, he's not worth anything over $10 million. He's at best
0: a yeah, deep threat. Yeah, for sure.
2: A deep yeah. threat that drops everything in Philly. <laughs> right.
0: That's the truth. They also lost to Karis McKinley, who I've talked about a little before. He's a young guy who's a little bit of a locker room trouble because of the way that he asks about his trade. It was kind of out of the ordinary, but he ends up going to Cleveland on a one year, $4.25 million deal. They also lose Tyrell Williams on a one year deal to Detroit and Tyrell Williams, young guy, still a lot of talent. I think he might do some solid things in Detroit this year, but, and on the smaller side, they also lose LaMarcus Joyner to the Jets on a one year, $3 million deal. So, but that, let's get into the draft stuff for the Las Vegas Raiders. And with the number 17 pick, I mean, it was like yeah, – when I was watching the drafts, it, it, they were, it, they said that Alex Leatherwood was taken by the Raiders, and they were like yeah, – everybody was just caught off guard. Jaden, I'll turn to you. You're more of my, my draft guy. What are your thoughts on the pick?
1: I mean, it was – by far the worst pick of the first round, like not even close. He had a, you know, second to third round grade for a lot of people. I mean, he was somebody that I was seeing us talked about getting in the third round. Like he is not that guy and it's every year you can bet on it. You can place your bet for next year that the Raiders will take the four year starter from a big school that had solid production and he gets drafted around early because that's what the Raiders do. They did it with Cleland Farrell. They did it with Henry Ruggs. But, yeah, definitely the worst pick of the first round. You could have even said that if you take Trevon Morag at 16 at 7, or at 17, mm-hmm. that, you know, that That'd is be a better un- pick. Yeah. Like that, if you swap them, it looks slightly better. And Morag was a second-round talent as well. But right. just absolutely horrible, especially when – uh, Darasol was still sitting on the board at that point. I don't know how you don't take him. Horrible, horrible drafting from Gruden and company.
0: Yeah, well, and company is Mike Mayock, which is still hard for me to believe that Mike Mayock could make that kind of decision because he was the draft guy for NFL Network. <laughs> like, And he just yeah, he's like shitting the bet in Las
1: Vegas. He sucks. Is, he's horrible.
0: Yeah, it's just like hard to believe that But yeah, Mike Mayock and Gruden must be a hell. That's why they signed Antonio Brown because they're both crazy. (laughs) You know, so. But as you mentioned, with the number 43 pick, they end up going with Trayvon Morbick, safety out of TCU. And that was Mel Mel Kuyper's best safety in the draft. So with that, let's get into the 2021 ceiling and floor for the biggest Raiders. Mitchell, I'll start with you.
2: Ceiling, 7 and 10. Floor, 3 and 14. Fair. I don't have Fair. high hopes at all.
0: Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> Jaden, what you got?
1: Uh Yeah, probably I'll give a ceiling of 9. Yeah, 9. And a floor of, like, 3. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, it's... Time and time I'll, again, it's proven. When you have a bad offensive line, you
1: – Yeah, and and a lot went a right for them last year. A lot went right for them last year to win eight games. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Well, like I said earlier, it was, like, weird for me to write that the Raiders finished better than the Chargers, you know. It just didn't seem like that was what should have happened. But, yeah, I think the ceiling is – ceiling, nine wins –
1: floor three real original there kane Mm -hmm. (laughs) put a lot of thought into that (laughs) (laughs) well
0: with that let's get into the and i don't think there's a lot to talk about here but the chiefs who are debatably or undebatably the best team in football they finished 14-2, and two and they lost in, lost in spectacular fashion to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. We all witnessed Patrick Mahomes run for his life, and honestly, that was pretty fun to watch. I don't know. Let's get into the 2020 highlights for the Kansas City Chiefs, and there was a lot of them, but I'll try to keep it pretty short. The good, Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. He finished with almost 5,000 yards passing, second in the league. He finished with 38 touchdowns, which was fourth in the league, and only six interceptions. Like, what this dude can do? I mean, it's insane. It's insane. But a lot of that, I mean, obviously the guy's got talent, but he's also got a lot of help on the receiving side. He has Mr. Travis Kelsey, who's a fantasy god, and I'll stand by that to my grave. I will probably take him in the first round this year. So just shout out to all, shout out to all the people listening. If you take Travis Kelsey, expect a fist fight. If you are picking above me, especially if it's uh, like, if I'm like the sixth pick and you take Travis Kelsey top five, cause he should not be going
1: top five. He shouldn't be going top six either.
0: No, he shouldn't. But I just say, uh, I have to thank him this year. I'm going to pick him
1: out of spite. Me. I'm going to pick him out of spite.
0: Expect a fist fight. <laughs> Expect start training.
1: I'm fully I mean, ready. I'm gonna tr- probably gonna train with Philip Lindsay. <laughs> we
0: put. <laughs> I don't know about Philip Lindsay's fighting experience, my guy.
1: But oh <laughs>
2: we putting this on trailer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll be better than the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. I'll tell you that. Did anybody actually probably. buy that fight here?
1: Oh god, no! no. I'm not stupid. No, <laughs> I don't even yeah. buy movies. I'm. <laughs> I'm not spending $50 on a fight.
0: Yeah, no. But let's get back into the Travis Kelsey talk. <laughs> he finished number one in each category for a tight end, except for catches. As I mentioned earlier, Waller finished like three catches before above him. And he set a record for most yards in a single season by a tight end in NFL history, which is hard to believe considering the company that he's in. Like – think about all the great tight ends in the league's history like it's mind-blowing and beside him you have the most talented Tyreek Hill who finished with almost 90 catches 1200 yards and 15 touchdowns and Tyreek Hill especially for fantasy purposes started the year pretty bad like pretty not Tyreek Hill-esque Especially because the lack of a lack of touchdowns, so I swooped in on Lake, stole Tyreek Hill, and carried my team to a championship appearance.
1: And loss, know, a estimate. championship loss. I said appearance. appearance. It's a just loss.
0: like the Chiefs. I, I said appearance, you asshole. Why do you have to go? Why do you have to be like? Continue it, man. God, that was that loss. I I'm telling you, dude. Like. I was in a lot of pain. Like, that was a lot for me to take. Because I don't lose at fantasy football, bro. And if I would – if you would have blown me out – because, I mean, we've talked about it before, but uh, you were up by, like, 130 points. And I came all the way back to lose by two points or something within single digits. So (laughs) – I hate you. Worse. But – Kansas City <laughs> finished <laughs> They finished with the best offense in 2020. And as far as the defense goes, middle of the pack, but they had some standouts. Tyron Matthew with another solid year, six interceptions, which was third in the league. And you also had Chris Jones finishing with seven and a half sacks and Frank Clark finishing with six sacks. So pretty solid defensive play for a team that has a ridiculously overpowered offense. Let's get into the bad. There's not much for a team that makes it to the Super Bowl and finishes 14-2, but their running back play, pretty subpar. Especially compared to what everybody thought Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to do. Ch finished with 803 yards and four touchdowns, which was a lot less than anybody thought was going to happen. And Le'Veon Bell, who also had rising expectations. I mean, when Casey ended up siding Le'Veon, like it was almost like they were putting together a super team, but obviously extremely underperformed this year, 63 carries, 254 yards and two touchdowns. And for a guy who finished with that kind of sat line, he's talking a lot of shit on Twitter and I'll read it off to you. So on Twitter, he says, He's going back. He went back and forth with like random people in like five separate tweets, but like one in particular, it stands out to me. One guy, random guy, says, Okay, then prove they should have given you a chance this season because you haven't had elite talent since 2017. And he says, LOL, I had elite talent all the way up until 2017 and then just fell off a cliff, huh? Okay. I think that's pretty accurate. I think you did fall off a cliff as far as talent goes and he says also nick dadowski says someone got to give you a chance first dog before you start all- talking all this like crazy stuff and lay says i'll sign somewhere when i'm ready ain't no more finessing me with lies and shit just to get me to sign with a team no more rush decisions on my end period dude nobody's trying to sign you right now no for pro- team of professional football is trying to sign you right now Jaden." Do you see Le'Veon returning to form at any point for the rest of his career? Or I mean, not returning to form, maybe, like, just being an average running back?
1: I mean, it's kind like of hard when you were – yeah. <laughs> well, Philip Lindsay is much more than the average running back, but that's neither here nor there. But I don't know if a running back can ever return to that form because, I mean, he was one of the two or three best running backs in the NFL – and then took a year off, and then basically took another year off playing for the Jets, and then basically took another year off, and then ended up in Kansas City. And well, then let me took... rephrase it.
0: Do you think he finishes with a thousand yards again in his career? Because I don't think he returns to four meter. I don't that's extremely difficult to do. But do you think he cracks the thousand yard mark anytime for the rest of his
1: career? Probably not. I just can't see any team signing him to be a feature back at this point. Yeah, no.
0: Especially I'd like to see it.
1: Case. I'd like to see it, but I don't think it'll happen.
0: A lot of former Steelers absolutely, like, becoming no cases, dude. Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, like...
1: Steelers luck, baby.
0: What's, what's yeah. Tomlin feeding into these wait, brains, man? Wait until Big Ben leaves. Let's get into the free agency and offseason stuff for the Kansas City Chiefs. The notable ads... They trade for, intro I was about to say Antonio Brown, just talking about him, but they end up trading for Orlando Brown, left tackle from Baltimore, and the details of the trade, they got him from Baltimore, along with a 2021 second round pick and sixth round pick in exchange for a hefty price. 2021 first round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, and 2022 fifth round pick. So, but... You lose Eric Fisher, you bring an even better replacement. So, I love it. And they also bring in Joe Tooney, guard out of New England, one of the better guards in the league. Five years, $80 million. And they're bringing in Jaron Reed, defensive tackle out of Seattle on a one-year $5.5 million deal. And I mentioned Jarek McKinnon earlier, who I think still, despite his injury troubles, has a little bit left in the tank. They end up signing him, him to a one-year, $1 million deal. And on the notable losses side, as I mentioned earlier, Eric Fisher ends up going to Indianapolis. And they end up losing Sammy Watkins, who ends up going to Baltimore in a one-year, $5 million deal. Mitchell, do you think that'll have a huge impact, or do you think Nicole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson step up and it'll be all good?
2: Still will be the Chiefs. Still be the Chiefs. They somehow find a way in the salary cap to sign all these people. They'll find a
0: way to get anything they need. Right. And Patrick's going to be Patrick, dude. It doesn't. He could be thrown to a 12-year-old flag football team, and he'd finish with 5,000 yards. So. And in the draft, with the 58th pick, after trading their first-round pick for Orlando Brown, they take Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri. And, Jaden, what you got on the pick?
1: Uh, I like it. I like the Creed Humphrey pick a lot more because he, he was the best center uh, available in the draft at any point. And the Packers, like the horrible front office that they are, took Josh Myers, who was a fourth to fifth round player in front of Creed Humphrey, who could have gone in the first round but he's, he's going to be really good. And he, you know, and with the addition of Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney, I think that makes their line a strength, whereas last year it was a weakness, but I think Nick Bolton will help, you know, their interior defensive line. They need some, or not their interior defensive line, their interior linebacking group um, because they did have some problems defending the run last year. And I think he'll help that out a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And as you mentioned, Creed Humphrey, number 63rd pick in the draft, center out of Oklahoma. So, Mitchell, I'll start with you. Ceiling, floor, Kansas City. Hit it. Ceiling,
2: 15 and 2. Floor, if it goes horribly, five, I mean
0: 11 and 6. <laughs> I thought
2: that's, you were about to say five. That's horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: saying it at first. Five and 12. Everybody on their team would have to their, their ACL. <laughs> But Jaden what you got?
1: I got about 15 wins and then the floors tw- I think the floors is 12 or 13. I I it, it would have to be a Pat- Patrick Mahomes injury. Mm-hmm. And I mean obviously we're not taking that into account with this just because that would. You don't think
0: Jad Henning comes in and exactly replaces the production that Patrick uh, Mahomes Um
1: did
2: so? no. He could handle Cleveland. So. Exact. <laughs>
0: Dude, Chad. But they're not a
2: Super Bowl team, right?
0: <laughs> dude, Chad Henny was one of the golden core. Like, he was just one of the most average quarterbacks. He played in Miami, and like, I don't know. I was just a Chad Henny fan most of the part because his name's Chad Henny. Like, that's a cool name, dude. Chad Henney. And when he was like, what hey, when he had his prime, <laughs> like that's when I was just getting
1: into football. What exactly is prime, prime. Chad Henney? <laughs>
0: Right. Dude, Chad Henney had some solid – he was a starting quarterback. He was probably on the bench for his prime. <laughs> no, you guys don't – He was a starter, man. Come on. You guys are forgetting Chad Henney. Hold on. I'm not going to get as enthusiastic about Chad Henny as I will Philip Lindsay, but – He is not if, if a, a scrub.
1: Imagine, <laughs> imagine that offense.
0: <laughs> Chad Henney. Chad Henny
1: could roll out of bed. Chad Henny, Philip Lindsay, and Cortland Sutton. I feel like <laughs> that's got to be the best offense of all time.
0: Two 3,000 yard Henry season definitely. in 2009, 3,000 yard season in 2010, and then 2,000 yards in 2012, 3,000 yards in Jacksonville in 2013. Wow, so. he is just lethal, isn't he? So.
1: Hey man, is, is that good quarterback play? I said I he, he was average. I want to hear you. You guys don't listen to me.
0: Good lord! I said he was average.
1: It now anytime I am, stick I up for average. any player, and
0: now anytime that I stick up for any player remotely, I'm just gonna get harassed. Harassed. But my outlook for the Chiefs, I agree with both of you. Sounds good. All right. Yeah, this has been a long one. No goals. There's going to be a lot of editing to do, but let's wrap it up. <laughs> Mitch, it was good to have you on, my guy. Got to hop on again very, very soon. And go – I was about to say go, go years, but I won't get – I won't give Jaden satisfaction. Go Tyrese Maxey and his team.
1: And the rest of his teammates as well, even though he stunk up the place tonight and Shake Milton is probably going to take his minutes. <laughs>
0: Deuces.